High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. And of course, we're following the way in which the Israel-Gaza situation is being reported. I've had some real concerns about South African media and uh, voiced those, uh, certainly. But when we look at the coverage of the ceasefire rejection by Hamas, I think we can see that there is most definitely a problem. And there's, in fact, I tackled somebody on Twitter yesterday where they were talking about it as though Hamas is absolutely not responsible. There's this need to absolve them of any form of responsibility, and that's a concern. Simon Plosker is a managing editor at Honest Reporting. Simon, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thank you, Howard, or at least I'm, I'm as okay as one can be in the rather horrible situation that we uh, have been in the last couple of months. Absolutely, because it is a bizarre time, a very, very difficult time. What is What are you seeing? Because you must be inundated and obviously have to select what you can and can't deal with because you can't take on the world. Well, absolutely. And, you know, I think, first of all, I, I'm going to have to apologize to your listeners, Howard, because I know that there has been a wave of horrible things going on in the South African media. Um, I've been alerted to some of them. And it's times like this where um, I realize just, you know, what a small organization I work for. We punch well above our weight, but we have limited resources. And we've been monitoring a virtual tsunami of coverage over the last couple of months. And of course, it means that we have to be very, very focused on what we're dealing with. But that doesn't mean that I'm not concerned about what's going on in South Africa. And I am very much reliant on uh, my friends such as yourself and other people in South Africa to keep me updated about what's going on so that when there is something particularly serious, we can actually deal with it. Um, but uh, having said that, um, we've been dealing a lot with the mainstream media, the international media. So you mentioned it already, what's been going on with the ceasefire or a proposed ceasefire. And what we've seen really is, as you already um, alluded to, Israel is being portrayed as the intransigent one. This, you know, this makes Israel look like the one that is blocking a ceasefire. Yet people seem to have forgotten that Hamas, not only is it sworn to the destruction of Israel, but it's also clearly come out and said that it will repeat the October 7 massacre again and again and again. And I would really advise your listeners to check out another website called Memory, which actually um, logs and translates all of the Arabic media that's going on. And it's really, really interesting because what Hamas says in English isn't the same as what Hamas says in Arabic. And once you get it translated, you start to realize just how extreme Hamas is, I mean, as if we didn't already know mm, that, mm. but this is not this is not an organization that is, you know, a, a legitimate political actor. Uh, they are talking about they're talking about um, carrying on the the struggle, if you will. Um, just to give you uh, an example, I'm just looking for it now because we uh, did translate something. And in fact, yes, they actually released a document just a couple of weeks ago. This was an 18-page document in English. It was a pamphlet titled 
our narrative, Operation Al-Aqsa Flood, and you would be amazed, you know, if you if anyone thought the Hamas are this sort of ragtag, uh, you know, army of guerrilla fighters, you'd be absolutely wrong. This was professionally produced documents with an eye to a Western audience. And it includes some really virulent anti-Israel propaganda. It includes denials of the atrocities of October 7th. Uh, I don't think I need to remind anyone Hamas mm, was responsible mm. for killing 1,200 people inside Israel and all the other despicable things that happened. Um, and, you know, their claims such as, you know, the battle of the Palestinian people against occupation and colonialism did not start on October 7th, but started 105 years ago including 30 years of British colonialism and 75 years of Zionist occupation. Essentially, they're just trying to contextualize what they did on October 7 and try and make it palatable to a Western audience. That obviously is is what's happening, and there's a, this. We saw it yesterday with the attempt, the attempted stabbing in Israel yesterday by this 14-year-old. It was all filmed; you could see it all happening. But we saw a lot of people on social media saying Israel executes a 14-year-old. It, it leaves out obviously the the critical part, the and and it creates a complete false narrative, which is in this case a lie how do we how do we Absolutely. deal with that well i think looking on the, the sort of the big picture of this i mean what you what you just mentioned is really very much a microcosm of what's mm. going on because we're seeing all of these reports from the the hamas run gazan health ministry which of course can't be relied upon and these are unverified figures but they're talking about 25,000 26,000 dead palestinians and this is something that's been repeated verbatim in the international media. And of course, what it doesn't take into account is, firstly, Hamas's own rockets have misfired and landed on their own people. Uh, I'm quite sure numerous um, Palestinians have been caught up in gun battles and killed during those. But most importantly, there are, according to the IDF, around 10,000 dead terrorists, combatants, which paints a very, very different picture. And if you look at the ratio of um, terrorists killed to civilians, now, obviously, one would, you know, one would wish that there were no civilians killed. But the number of civilians killed in proportion to the number of um, terrorists is actually lower than many, many um, other, uh, if you want, comparable situations that have been carried out by the American army, the British army, or elsewhere. But these are things that are not being pointed out in the international media. What concerns me as well is, the, and what I'm finding difficult to deal with, is filtering. So, for example, we'll have in a mainstream South African media report, it'll say a week after the International Court of Justice, Israel has still not complied. And it'll quote the minister, Naledi Pandor, saying these things. But at no time does it say, nor has, the Hamas, has Hamas released the hostages. It's just silent in that regard there's nothing that they've reported that's actually inaccurate well it might be but that that aside but they've left out a crucial part of what's happening how do you what what is that and why is this happening 
but this is, I mean, obviously you've got your own particular situation in mm, South Africa, sure. given the ISJ case. But it, I think what is particularly galling to all of us is all these supposed calls for a ceasefire. But who are they calling on to ceasefire? As mm, you said, mm. no one seems to be mentioning the return of hostages, because if that were to happen tomorrow, we would no doubt have some sort of ceasefire. And you know, I think it's just incredible. It makes you realise that the people who are calling for a ceasefire are not doing it out of the out of um, the, you know the kindness of their hearts, out of goodwill towards both Jews and Palestinians. They don't want people to stop dying. They are there, they are calling for a ceasefire effectively to save Hamas from obliteration at the hands of the IDF. And that is unfortunately part of the problem. Are you getting decent responses? when you tackle places, uh, institutions, organizations like the BBC? It's been a mixed bag. We have had some um, incredible successes over the last few months, for example, exposing um, the use of Palestinian photojournalists um, who actually took part in the October 7 events. They crossed the border, for example, um, on that terrible morning. Um, we've had a few people fired. Um, they're no longer being used by mainstream media outlets such as CNN, the New York Times. But it really has been a mixed bag. And um, you know, all we can do is keep plugging away. We'll get, you know, we'll get a few results, and um, you know, there will be successes. But at the end of the day, I, I think I'd be lying if I didn't say that we are really up against it. And you know, the numbers game is very much heavily weighted against us, especially on social media, for example. Well, there we are fighting numbers. It's a tsunami of numbers. And we don't even know what's real and what's not real either. That's some of the issues, certainly the challenges that I have. Osama? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a really difficult, difficult time. And uh, that is where we leave it. Simon Plosker, thank you as always. Uh, he is from Honest Reporting, and uh, he's dealing with some of the challenges. Obviously very difficult for them to deal with everything at this point, which is where we come into it.